0: This is the 3CR Garden Show and I'm Virginia Haywood, Botanic Garden Guide, member of Plant Trust, conserving garden plants and garden owner. You're expecting to hear Emma heard from encouraging women in horticulture but unfortunately Emma is sick so I've slipped into the into the space. With me this morning are Jane Tonkin from Tonkin Bulbs and other things in <laughs> Kellerama. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Virginia. I always think when you've got so many other plants at your nursery, it's the, a little bit more than just yeah, bulbs, isn't it? The Tonkin bulb <laughs> seems almost inappropriate. Oh, thank you. Yep. And Jane's place is hidden in the most extraordinary valley behind the Botanica, a bit behind the Dendinong Ranges. It's just fabulous. And with us is also is Tex Moon, who's the ranger team leader at the Dandenong Rangers Botanic Gardens. Morning, Tex.
2: Morning, Virginia. Morning, everyone.
0: So, spring is actually starting. Almost. Well, almost, yeah. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm
3: not sure whether I'm ready for spring, but um, <laughs> yeah. lots of things that I've got to get replanted. But yes, spring is definitely here. I can um, yeah.
0: see things moving. Definitely things are moving in my garden, which I'm looking forward to.
2: It's, it's probably one of my favourite times of year and I think those seasonal changes that you're, where you really start seeing the, the late winter, winter flowering, early spring flowering things and both in the garden, in the bush, I think is a, it's, a, it's a beautiful time of year and I, and I, I always like those crossover parts of the seasons. I think, I think it's, a, it's an exciting time.
0: Well, there's so much in flower at the moment. I, I never understand why gardens in Australia are open in, in summer are not open in winter because my garden at the moment it's full of camellias, wattles, salvias. And, and all the
3: deciduous trees still look beautiful with yeah. buds breaking and things. I th- I think there should be a lot more gardens open in the winter because it it does look so architecturally different to when it's yeah. in
0: full leaf and things. Like well it's also when you see the structure of a garden, mm. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because last winter during lockdown I rang up Craig and said, Craig, I've got no structure <laughs> <laughs> Didn't <laughs> <He> come with <laughs> chainsaw in hand. <laughs> he loves his chainsaw. <laughs> we love great. But, you know, you, you can in in, you, in spring, in October, my garden is so bountiful. You, you don't need structure. Yeah. But you do need. I've just ripped out so much because of, for exactly this reason, I've been pulling out plectranthus any, everywhere because I want some of those naked big trees to stand alone, not have big high things growing underneath them and it's been fabulous i've taken up five barrow loads you've been very busy (laughs) (laughs) plectranthus Plectranthus biting the dust yeah and my stachyurus my stachyurus praecox is just coming into flower yep Do, do either of you know that one it's called japanese what's it called it's got a japanese name too it's a japanese shrub yep and it's it's it has beautiful pale yellow flowers catkins yes. yeah it's almost like Cap- capkins, yeah. yes coming out on on bare branches
2: so flowering on the bare wood which is always great
0: absolutely beautiful one in Clifton Hill and this time of year I drive if I'm anywhere in that area I drive round just to have a look at that. <laughs>
3: And it actually keeps quite well as, like, a cut flower inside. Just all those hardwood things like that or even magnolia foliage or magnolia yep. flowers, those sort of things, um, the trick of the trade is to bash the end of the stem, like, with a hammer to to split it so that there's more surface area for the um, flower or cutting or whatever you've taken to take up water and stuff. But, yeah, all those winter sweets to curious, that kind of thing, all make a good cut flower as well.
0: I meant yeah. to look up... 'Cause because winter sweet is Chimonanthus That's right, and it is a really ordinary shrub, which at this time of year is absolutely, It'll, it'll, you can smell it over yeah, the whole garden. Yeah, that's right. It's
2: yeah, yeah, fabulous. Yeah, ours have just sort of all the Chimonanthus have sort of finished up in the garden, but but yeah, they are. They're such a yes, yeah, a, a beacon from far away in, the, in the, throughout the winter months. So.
0: I had one that didn't smell. Yep. It, okay. it bit the dust.
2: I mean, <laughs> There's not much point. Not much that. use having it, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, the Stachyurus praecox is a lovely-looking yeah. plant, but the winter sweet is horrible. for the- You have to have it planted, tucked away somewhere yeah. so you don't look at it. It's
3: a- means very early in
0: Latin. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> very early to spring, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. exactly, before the rest. So all camellias <laughs> should be called praecox, <laughs> but they're not, of course.
2: So why is it agapanthus? This should just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, John- don't start <laughs> on Yeah, it it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> should have just...
2: Persistent?
0: Yes. Well, yeah. like the plectranthus, you know, you start to get rid of it and you just keep going and going
2: yeah, and yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> Great for a shady dry spot, though, the plectranthus.
0: Oh, the plectranthus are wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting rid of all plectranthus no. in my garden either. Just- because, you know, they all come from either South Africa or from here. Yep. And there's one which is quite threatened. I think it's nitidus, which is... I mean, it's been threatened by surfers and hippies, really. It's, it's on that border with New South Wales and yep. Queensland. And I really like that. That's beautiful. Yeah.
3: So have you got any idea what you're going to do with these cleaners? Or are you just going to leave it so that we can see the tree?
0: Some of it is just about putting some space in the garden. Mm. You know, it's just too overgrown. So now to stay, you really have to have some point. And I've got a, a very, very, very old cherry, which when it's bald, like at the moment, it is absolutely beautiful. And I had this big high... and I, I, I've I, had this um, plectranthus. I got it from Burnley when I was a student there. I've had it forever. And it's not terribly exciting. And it's, it, it had got to the stage where it was almost waist high. So it completely detracts. And I'm, I'm just going to get a whole lot of... Um, of really ground covery things to yeah. put underneath, yeah. it so that it doesn't—they don't detract from the tree. Yeah, well, that's the fun of plant shopping. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, under that I'm going to put cyclamen, a great because some yeah. very good friends of mine left me a birthday present at Craig's. <laughs> so I figure cyclamen.
3: Well, oh, aren't you lucky? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a great idea. And, yeah, and as It'll we know, we've seen Craig in here with his. Collection of flowers and stuff that he's picked, and uh, amazing collection of cyclamen. Like
0: his, his, they're just fabulous, absolutely yeah. fabulous. I mean, just his p- car park, yeah, that's makes
2: me right. Green. Yeah, the, the so nature strip, everything he there. Yeah,
0: to do today, Gentiana Nursery
3: up at Alinda, it's <laughs> oh, um, fabulous. You know, it, it's well worth a trip just to look at the car park, basically, too, isn't it? Yes. Um,
0: and grab yourself,
3: yeah. some really rare, yummy
0: plants, too. Yeah. So. And then go um go visit
2: Texas Garden. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's open today. Obviously, it's open every day, and and as we say, there's there's plenty going on on there at the moment. It's a really nice time to see the garden. It's well, all the gardens up there. It's it's before the peak kind of crowd crowds of spring. So, and there, as and it's when you know the big leaf rhododendrons are just stunning at the moment, and they they just stand out from such a distance. And you know, you do see a lot of these things like well, like you were talking about flowering on bare wood, some of the really early deciduous azaleas and things are, are, are popping out, some things like that. So it's a yeah, great time to visit the garden.
0: And you've got such huge trees. How long has that garden been going?
2: The Dandenong Range Botanic Garden, so it started as the National Rhododendron Garden in the, in 1960. So it's one of those ones that's not actually as old as it looks, it's just that we we grow things quick up in the Dandenongs. That's the... the <laughs> that's the good soil. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... But you know obviously we've got Alfred Nicholas Memorial Gardens. that dates back to the twenties and thirties we've got periander george Tyndale memorial garden there's 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 well, a whole range
0: I think Periander is one of those hidden gems yeah it is ab- the trees in that place yeah absolutely beautiful
2: in fact if it's the one that if you go into Gentiana, slip yes. around the corner and go to Periander because they're, they're you know yes. they're within a stone's throw of each other, so yeah,
0: that's true. Craig walks his dogs through there all the time, yeah. It is an absolutely stunning arboretum. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. It's the, I mean, the Dandenongs and Mount Macedon, both between them, do have an extra, extraordinary range of wonderful um, exotic trees and plants.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing at the moment is just driving through the Dandenongs, I think we are talking about it before, but uh, the silver wattles and the black wattles at the moment are incredible. There's just driving through the through the the national park, driving up the main road. You just they, they stand out from miles away. This is just the laden with flowers this year. So
0: it does strike me the wattles are very fabulous
4: this year. Yeah,
2: yeah, I certainly think so. I'd, and yeah.
0: because we've been we've been cold, and also quite a lot of the time quite dark, we haven't had a lot of those sunny days we get. And of course, when it's a bit dark, the wattles just glow. Ping.
3: Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you have a favourite one,
2: Tex? Or? Do I have a favourite wattle? <laughs> oh, well, um, that's probably a good time because it is. Uh, we are in the lead up to Wattle Day, which is the first of September. So, so and they are one of the very early spring flowering um, trees. So my favourite one in the garden and up at the Dandenong Ranges Botanic Garden is um, Acacia obliquinervia, which wow. is uh, mountain mountain hickory wattle, and it does does come from um, Victoria into the eastern ranges of Victoria into New South Wales. So um, beautiful big tree, huge big silver Um and, yes, that's just flowering at the moment. I, I do have one to pass around. It, it has got Amazing.
0: quite a grey
2: leaf, hasn't it? Really silver, and it actually gets quite a, a sort of downy, powdery sort of residue on it as well. So it's it just, it just really striking foliage as much as anything, but now you've got the... The uh, contrast of that with the with the wattle blossoms as well,
3: and these long stems that the blossoms on the end of are, are quite wavy. Yeah,
2: and... it's almost the crazy <laughs> filbert kind of. Uh...
4: Yeah,
3: kind of looks <laughs> like the '80s and a girl's crimped hair. <laughs> but, um, but the leaves are huge for a wattle. It um, it's very very beautiful. Jenny, have a feel of that. Sorry, I know we're not on TV. We're on radio, yeah. but. Um, we have fun in here. Yeah, talking and pass, passing plants passing, around. Passing and, and, and obviously,
2: we will take photos of these things and put mm. them on, on the Facebook page so what as well. What's that one called? Acacia obliquinervia. Um, what a cool name. Mm. Yeah.
0: My favourite is Acacia denticulosa.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're unbelievable. It almost looks like a twisty. Yes, <laughs> they yeah. do look
0: like twisties. Yeah, and those, those new things, chickadees. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's one just outside the herbarium in Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne in South Yarra, which is in full flower at the moment, and it is extraordinary. Yeah. And these long, long flowers. Yeah. Yeah. They, Some of them do peculiar things. They curl and they twist, and, and you know, you just sort of... Stand there looking at it. So yeah. if you go, if you're near the Botanic Gardens, go and have a look at the Acacia denticulosa. I just think it's wonderful. I haven't got one of these in my garden. I must try. Yeah,
2: yeah, that is a special so one. How many
3: of these are in the garden? We've only
2: got one. We did have four, but yep. three of them, or three, but some of them succumb to the deer, oh, the <laughs> which dr- the dreaded deer. But um, but we do have one that's standing very proud at the moment, and uh, I mean it's only. She's probably only five or six years old, but, you know, waddles do tend to uh, be three metres tall. Um, so, so pretty quick growing. They do take a pretty hard cut, too. I remember seeing them up in Falls Creek where somebody had actually cut them really hard as a hedge. Um, so, so um, yeah, they're one of those, yeah, just a good waddle.
0: It's beautiful. They're mm. an exciting thing. Now, I might just do some of our announcements because we've spring coming, we have got a heap. So I'm not going to describe everything. Otherwise, we'll do nothing but have announcements. But I will run through them. Now, Friends of Botanic Gardens Melbourne, which is FRBGM, Friends Royal Botanic Gardens Melbourne, which is what you go to look this up. On Monday the 22nd, from 6 till 7 at Mueller Hall, Tim Entwistle is talking about can algae save the world? (laughs) On Tuesday, 10 till 11 in the morning, there's a tea and camellia's walk. On Thursday, the 25th, there's an online talk on West Australian flowers. And on Friday, the 26th, this one sounds really interesting, there's a ramble at Carnegie Railway Station, Carnegie Sky Rail, and they're meeting at the cafe there called Tailored Cafe. And, of course, the thing that's happened with round there is there's been such a development of all the land underneath the sky rails and they're going to have a look at the plantings so that one i thought sounded quite interesting mm. so what that was on the friday was so, it? that was on yep. friday the 26th so look all of those up on frbgm friends of the royal botanic gardens melbourne pen and paper out there people yes <laughs> then on the 26th and the 28th of this month the orchid society is having uh, their show at the KCC Park in Skye. There's a phone number for them, 0419-884-492, or their, their website is OSCOV. That's O-S-C-O-V dot dot A-U. I think that's difficult. And then Stephen that's has... an amazing show, that it's show. It's a fabulous show. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, our, and, and then the weekend of the 27th and the 28th, Stephen's garden is open in Mount Macedon. His garden's called Tugurium. <coughs> so that's in 8 to 10 Centenary Avenue in Macedon. And also that weekend, Cultivating Communities is doing a food swap at Collingwood Yards. And... You can look that up at info at cc.org.au. And if you want to look up Stephen, look for, go to Open Gardens Victoria, which is one word, opengardensvictoria.org.au. Whew. <laughs> so that's August. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Take just, a breath, Ginny. Yep. <laughs> we'll do a quick run-through on September. The 3rd of September, 3rd and 4th of September, is Fernie Creek Spring Fair. Um, Open Gardens Victoria that weekend has two gardens open the Hanson Garden in Warrandyte and Mullum Waters in Donvale. Uh, 30th of September um, women in horticulture are having an event that's another one to look up. 8th and 9th of October is the 17th Australian and New Zealand Herb Society Conference. Quite a few people who's come into our radio show talking at that. Greg Moore, Penny Woodward, Clive Larkman, Chris Williams, Mm. Caleb Armstrong, who doesn't come here but is my chemist in Seville. (laughs) (laughs) On the 1st and 2nd of October is the Garden Lovers' Fair in Mount Macedon. On the 24th to the 28th of October, there's the Guides Conference at RBGV in South Yarra. 5th and 6th of November, Yarra Valley Plant Fair. And I think I okay. think that's all I've got um, at the moment. Yeah, there's
3: Yay in amongst oh, there I to missed to Ye. the Monks Fair. The Yay Garden Expo, which is on the seventeenth and eighteenth of um, September. And that's run at the sale yards in Yay. So the address is one Flat Lead Road in Yay. And it's from ten till three both days, the Saturday and Sunday. It's ten dollar entry and Kids are free, which is great. And there'll be people like um, Ben and Kerry. So Ben's um, been into the show before, so Treasure Perennials will be there. Um, Meryl with her Seedscape Seeds and Dyes Delightful Plants. And there's another um, native nursery going as so well. The- so
0: lots of different things that people mm. can so go and have a look at. So Fernie Creek, yep. yay, the Macedon show and the... <laughs> yarra valley show yep. will all have lots
3: of things fabulous coming
0: up, yeah. and the Fernie creek one the
3: saturday um the third runs from um 12 till 4 and then on the sunday it's i think it's 10 till 3 um and you can go along and have a look at all the different categories of um daffodils and alpines and potted things that all gets judged um and you can have a look at what sort of things people are growing um in pots as well as picking from their gardens and things. Um great opportunity and a great time to look around the gardens at Fenny Creek too.
0: And there's this this is the time where you get to see the smaller nurseries. They they turn up at these events which is absolutely Oh, they're wonderful.
2: fantastic events. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. such a it's a good way to spend a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. But um <laughs> but they are they are fantastic and, and it is a uh, a really good time, as you say, to see they're, they're not not your mainstream nurseries that you're going to get to every weekend. So it's a it's a good time to make make the time to get to these these events. So,
0: and all of those nowadays can be found online. Yep, and I will pass them all through to our producer so that she can actually um, tell you about them if if you want to ring in, and if you want to ring in, ring on nine four one nine oh one double five. Or send us a text on 0488 or send us an email which will be picked up for next week's show gardening at 3cr.org.au. Excellent. <laughs> Well done,
4: Victoria. Yeah,
2: yeah, take <laughs> a breath.
0: Uh, yeah, and there's one other thing. Graham Morrison, who is who has been one of our stalwarts for many years and is absolutely our fruit-growing yeah. expert, has written a book, Stairway to Me, which is fabulous, and somebody asked me to announce how to get in contact with Graham, which is graylee G-R-A-L-E at hotmail.com. So that's an important one as well, and that's how they order the
4: book. Too. Yes, yes, that's Correct. right,
0: and it's an excellent book. Here's a wealth of knowledge, mm. and we do have one email from last week, which is from Cheryl Wedding in Bitten, wanting to know what we think is the best temperature for propagation mat for seeds. And I don't really know best I temperature. Said, I would have said low twenties. Yeah.
2: That would be my, my gut feel. Yeah, you, you don't want to be cooking them. You just want a nice ambient temperature. So, yeah, I would have thought 22 or some, something like that. But
0: Yes, because when I think of, I mean, I'm just starting to sow some seed at the moment and I'm thinking, well, the soil's too cold. They're not mm. going to move. You know, I have to wait till the soil warms up. So, and it all
3: depends on um, – good morning, Cheryl. Cheryl's one of my customers, I know, Cheryl. Oh, um excellent. It's great. Um, it depends on what you're sowing, too. Yeah, that's to, a good point. Um, because a lot of the, like, frill areas and things like that need cold first. So they that's get right. planted out for our winter. A lot of people plant and put in the fridge and things, but I just put them straight out so they're getting – the cold winter and things like that as to using mats and things um, way out of my league, so. yeah
2: and it's a good point that, that, there, that there is a whole range of uh Protocols around, you know, around the best way to germinate things and cold stratification is one. The smoke treatments for for natives and things like that. So there's, yeah, it's a, it's all about the research really on on the specific things you're growing.
0: Well, we might if we're lucky. Sue might ring in mm. and give us some definite advice. Mm. because you're right. Some things don't want heat. Yeah, and other things do. Or Cheryl,
3: if she can ring in as well and tell us what
0: she's, what she's wanting. At, to- yes. Because oh, I'm sorry. planting out salvia patterns and I think that that they will come up fa- fairly quickly now that it's beginning to warm up a bit and I'm planting them above ground in that I'm putting them in pots so that that's, that soil is going to warm more Quicker quickly. Quicker than in the ground, mm. yeah. Mm. Yes, because I've got, I love salvia patterns. So mm. I'm, hoping,
4: <laughs> I'm
3: hoping. Well, it's all about the fun of, um, I think, sowing your own seed and watching it come through like especially things like fritilleras and that that are germinating now um they they come up in this little loop first so yeah um, i'm in love with the little loop hunts of going and seeing what's up and happening um because it's new life and it's satisfying to um have these things for the first time on some things Um, and
0: and i can do it at this time of year later in the year i I cannot keep on top of the watering. Yeah. yeah. You know, I go down to do a botanic gardens walk and then stay down for a plant trust meeting and think, oh, no. And, of course. And your seedlings have yeah. dried up, They've dried and out, yeah. out and have gone to God. Yeah. Unless my daughter's there and she'll ring up and say, do you want me to water <laughs> death
3: row, Mum? death <laughs> row.
4: <laughs>
3: Which is. That's confidence, you know, Mum. Go Sylvie. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> awful.
4: <laughs>
0: but anyway, so I'm not sure we were very. Helpful there.
3: Um, can I? I'll just. Follow, while we're doing follow-ups, um, a little while ago, um, there was a gentleman that rang in about the, his Weldenia candidate, um, which is this great little alpine thing from Guatemala. And he wanted to know whether you could actually plant it upside down. Um, I think his name was George. So if I've got that right and you're listening in, George, um, I've grown Weldenia for a while and basically it looks like a starfish of fleshy roots and you'll be able to see the eyes on top. So, And I would definitely plant it up the right way, uh, if possible, please. And a little trick I used is I planted it on a bed of gravel, Um, in that rich, humusy yummy mix, but a bed of gravel underneath the crown to avoid it rotting. So if you are listening, George, there's a little hint. And then Stephen was talking last weekend about Narcissus cyclamenius. So for my darling friends that are in the studio here, this is this little gem.
0: Um, It's an absolute beauty. And it's
3: native to (laughs) Spain, et cetera. And Stephen was talking about how beautiful it is with its um, swept-back petals and things. Um, yeah, and he was sort of suggesting that maybe I might have some for sale and I will have this summer. So our website is www.tonkinsbulbs.com.au. Um, it will be some in our summer list. And as Stephen said, they don't particularly like to dry out. So you can't dry store them for as long as you can, all the other sort of spring flowering Bigger daffodils and things. So there is a short period that it will be available before I have to plant them back because it is divine. So if anyone wants to look up Narcissus cyclamenius and then the next one I've got here um, is a cyclamenius baby. So it's one of its parents was Narcissus cyclamenius and <laughs> it's my favorite of all the cyclamenius hybrids around um, but its name is Peeping Tom. <laughs> so, um, Who named it? I, I really don't know and perhaps <laughs> I should have researched that. But, yes, That's Peeping shocking. Tom and has the slightly reflexed petals at the back, but it's all about the long, thin trumpet with the flare at the end that has it for me um, and a fabulous doer. I have a customer in WA that orders them every year. He's the landscape gardener and... Um, I think most of WA must be – well, southern WA must be covered <laughs> in Narcissus Peeping tom by now. Um, but it is a beautiful, beautiful daffodil. It is stunning. It, it, I love it. it. Yeah.
0: And the, the little one, I know that there's no point in me putting that in my garden. Yeah. No, I, I probably wouldn't at yours, Ginny. No. it's too small. It'll just, it just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that one – That
3: one would do really well for That would you. like to go yeah. in my garden. Yeah.
0: The mm-hmm. little – like the, the species
3: daffodils, like um, – like Cyclominius and Asturiensis, those small ones really need to sort of be in a rock garden yes. type mm. thing or grown in, in pots where you know where they are. Yes, rock but, gardener. Um, They're
0: perfect for a yeah. rock gardener. And if they yeah. come from Spain, that's probably what they like.
3: Yeah, along with your reticulata iris, the little yes. mini yep. iris and things like that. That sort of spot is perfect. So hopefully that covers a couple of things that we have had on the go.
0: But Somebody's yeah. come in on the, um, on the and asked when the Eltham Fair... Is on the reason I didn't notice that was it was yesterday. Oh. That's why I had I didn't mention that. So I'm sorry about that. Um, oh, Vicky from Notting Hill. Sorry, Vicky, it was yesterday, and it, I don't think it was a two day event. I think it's a single day event. And there's a camellia sale on today at Miller Crescent, Mount Waverley, opposite Mount Waverley Station. And it's the, mm. the the it must be the Camellia Society, and it's their fiftieth anniversary show. Oh, fabulous. wow! So that would be excellent. Mm. That so would be excellent. Off to Mount Waverley, and then one of our listeners has called in, wondering if any, she would really like to go to Stevens Garden, but she dr- doesn't drive and is and she hasn't left where she lives, unfortunately. <sighs> um, and she will. She's very happy to contribute to the cost if somebody would, um, drive her. And she'll catch a taxi to meet people anywhere. She has left her phone number. So if you could take one of our long-time listeners with you to Stephen's Garden. But I might add Stephen's Garden isn't that far from the, well, the railway station. The, that would also be worth looking to see if you can get a taxi from the Macedon Railway Station. Or maybe someone from the
3: Macedon mm. Board Society might come and get her from yes. the railway station. Might work out. So,
0: um, there's if if there is some. Um, I mean, she did think about apparently going up on the train, but's worried about the unreliable train services and Sunday timetables. But if anyone can help and take a three CR listener up to mm. Stephen's Garden with them, please ring in to our producer, and she has got her number. So that would be good. So. Great. I think that a lot of people will probably go to Stephen's Garden because it's the first garden for Open Gardens this year, yep. Open Gardens Victoria. For, well, not for this year. For,
2: for the spring. For the spring. Yeah, yeah. for the season. It'll be fabulous. Yeah, so it'll, absolutely.
0: And um, he's quite keen. He's been enjoying
4: it. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. enjoying preparing it. And of course, there's so much to do. There's there's the garden that Greg works at. That's open every day in Macedon. And then there's Stephen's nursery up on the Tuxania, on the Mount, yeah. and there's another nursery up there as well. So there's lots to do in Macedon. Absolutely. I like the pub too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'll just right. give our numbers out yep. again: nine four one nine oh one double five, and our text is oh four double eight eight oh nine eight double five. I'm Virginia Haywood, and Tex Moon and Jane Tonkin are with me for the Three CR Garden Show. Tex, what's your next He's plant? He's got something yummy.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> I think I'll go for the the yeah. showstopper. Yes, I think um, you should. <laughs> so, as I think I said earlier, but the the big leaf rhododendrons are such a um, an amazing thing at this time of year up at the, the Botanic Gardens in the Dendong Ranges Botanic Garden. And they're, they're one of those plants that uh, are struggle to grow in a lot of places. So to come and see mature ones up there is a pretty special thing. And not only are they hard to grow um, pretty much anywhere, they really like a cooler climate um, with that slightly higher rainfall and plenty of protection. Um, they're slow. So to get them to the point of flowering like they do up there is – is a Twenty-year kind of project, so so to come and see them up there is incredible. But that so this the one that I've brought in is Rhododendron magnificum, huge leaves. Um, you know, you're sort of talking at least a foot long for for a lot of them, and then this huge truss of uh, purple purple flowers. Um, rhododendron, pale, pale purple, pale purple. And and you know there's a whole range of the big leaf rhododendrons as that that group, and they're they're all they're all early flowers, so they are they are actually out. There's a lot out, and you've got your lemon yellows to the whites to there's a sort of apricot-y coloured one. But this one is is, is a species, um, and is as I said, rhododendron magnificum from the uh, Myanmar, West Yunnan kind of province of China, and. Um, as I say, is – well, I'll hand it around and the others can talk about it because it is, as I said – And a, I
3: th- think they're probably really good this year after all those sort of misty days yeah. we've had too, which is like where they come from. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, yeah, and it, it, I think a lot of these big ones have that sort of indumentum, indumentum stuff on, yeah. on the back on the, that's the right. the leaves are just as beautiful as the front. Yep. Um, but, yeah, they're well over a foot long, the leaves. Yeah. It's it's huge and beautiful. Um, Not overly
2: fragrant, this one, but some of them are. Bit yeah, a
3: of, of fragrance to it. Sorry, I did stop talking as I started sniffing. <laughs> <Yeah>. class, <so laughs> I forget that no one can see
0: what we're doing.
2: But
3: when
0: it's... when I came up with Liz recently, yep. there was a white one. Yeah, that just knocked me asunder. What yeah. was that?
2: Ah, oh, it's one of the Grandy crosses. I think there's a lot of unnamed um, cultivars up there, but um, but yeah. The, they're just one of those plants that really is for us. That's the marker that that spring is coming. You know that that they they are sort of the, some of the first flowering things in the garden, and to have such big special things as your first kind of flowering, it's it's so iconic. So, such so, so beacons from a distance. So they flowers they flowers
3: are huge. Flowers are huge. And yeah, compared to your normal run of the mill roadies.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, and the leaves. Everything about it is big. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Big. Mm. That's right. So.
3: Yes, well, I do it's think going to be a great time if people came up like this weekend or next weekend to see
0: these. In
2: absolutely, or remember
0: yeah. during the week
2: because it's mm.
3: if
4: you can that's do it during the week, the it's quieter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good tip, good tip. Mm. But we are about to head right into our busy season, and and uh, the the yeah, if you can avoid the weekends, you that's do a get good tip. a lot of
0: visitors, don't you? We do,
2: yeah. Mm. Through, through spring is is obviously our peak visitation, but Which autumn is- autumn's not far behind, but but yeah the weekends a nice weekend up there you you, you will like anywhere in the dennedongs you, you struggle for parking if you if you don't get in early and get get come prepared
0: and the other three are they all up and running properly after the storms yeah, every, 6 months ago everything's open
2: um, other than William Ricketts sanctuary still closed but um but all the gardens are, are open William Ricketts
0: still
4: closed still
2: closed yeah um so but yeah, all the other all the gardens are, are are open and and have been open pretty much since we didn't really close. Um, we were we were lucky we didn't in the, from the June storm last year that we didn't get extensive damage other than fences and things like that. The, but the the gardens themselves fed fed quite well compared to some of the other areas. So mm.
0: yeah. Uh, now somebody has said that the website says the Eltham. It's the native plant. It's a wonderful oh, fair. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that it's next weekend. So don't trust me, she says, <laughs> embarrassed. Well, that's,
2: that's good news. <laughs> so, that's...
0: Ma- yes, have a look. I think yeah. have a look. Native Plant Society, Eltham, or one of those combinations. And Vicky, who's one of our regular listeners and has got an extraordinary garden with all sorts of rare plants in it, said that she went to the camellia show yesterday and it was absolutely excellent. So she's saying to people, do go. It is a good
2: time to look at camellias. (laughs) It certainly is.
0: (laughs) And, you know, buying things like camellias without seeing them. I mean, no matter what you see online, it says this looks beautiful. You're much better off buying a plant in flower. In flower, yeah. If if you know what you, you know, if you know the sort of flower. And the colours on labels and things you can never get quite right either.
3: So Mm. I think. Now, what was this one called again? Sorry,
2: that's Rhododendron magnificum. Okay.
3: Now, can people? Do you have a nursery outlet? There, there is the,
2: the, the gift shop. Um, we have the nursery gift shop um, at the garden. Um, I don't think there'll there'll be many, if any, uh, big leaf roadies no, for prob- sale. But but there's there's a lot of other plants. Um.
0: Our extremely excellent producer has confirmed that yes, Eltham <laughs> is in is on next weekend. So. Fire up and go to Eltham next weekend Weekend. for Native Plant. It's an excellent, excellent show. Well, at least our listener didn't miss it then. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's the main thing. That's right. (laughs) Somebody who wanted me to take them told me absolutely I'd let her down because it was this weekend, which is why I (laughs) was so confident it
2: was. Well, the the payback is publicly outing them on the radio. (laughs) (laughs)
0: One of my best friends, and she never listens.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: isn't, isn't that shocking? That's shocking. Yeah. That is shocking.
4: Yes. Yeah.
0: Not good. <clears throat> so, if you want to give us a ring, nine four one nine oh one double five, or to text us, oh four double eight eight oh nine eight double five, and Jane, to show me something else.
3: Okay. Um. Well, Texas talking about um, China and Yunnan and things like that. That um. I think, you know, there's some things that we can plant under those yeah. sort of big trees and the deciduous ones and even Eustacurus and um, where they love shade and things. So um, I've got some little actual bare-rooted plants because it's the time of the year to be planting them because they're dormant. I want to talk about Polygonatum. So everybody probably knows the old-fashioned um, thuggish Solomon seal, um That genus, there's about over 60 different species and over 20 of those are endemic to China and mostly the Yunnan province and things. So edge of forested areas and those rhododendron woods and things. And there's some fabulous ones. Now, there's even a red one with green tips on the bells and things and that's called Kingianum or euanum, I think there's a little bit of conjecture on what it is, but that gets to over two metres tall, Ginny, so it's a lot bigger than your normal Solomon seal and things Mm. um, and has this fabulous wall of leaves, so W-H-O-R-L, so that's that ring of leaves around the stem rather than alternate like a normal Solomon seal um, and can just waft around in the breeze with these beautiful red and green bells that on it. Fabulous, mm-hmm. It sounds fabulous.
0: The cemetery behind me in London ha- was just full of Solomon's seal mm. and I, I love it. I think and it a- smells beautiful. Yes. Not
3: all of them have a perfume, but um you know the common one that everybody knows does. And uh, there's a few other ones There's odoratum pluriflorum that actually has a better smell than um your normal cross hybridum, but um and there's some other things. I've also bought in a disparopsis which they call evergreen Solomon seal or false Solomon seal occasionally, but it, but it's a plant in its own right. Yeah. I've um, got one
0: in a pot and mm-hmm. I left the pot on the ground and then I didn't have one in a pot. The roots went through the bottom of the pot? No, you know? the, the rabbits went through the top. Oh. Yeah. So now it's up high and it's come back beautifully, but I want to plant it out
3: and, and it, yeah.
0: don't dare. So it's it's said
3: to be um, evergreen, but you can cut them back each winter. They um, quite like it. So um, it's very much like a Solomon seal in that it has creamy white bells and things. Uh, great for a deep shade spot. Um, it'll flower in nearly full shade. So if you've got that sort of area that you need something to fill it, Dysporopsis so is a great So it could go genus. underneath
0: an evergreen tree?
3: Yes, it could go underneath an evergreen tree. Um, once it's established, it's said to be quite drought tolerant, but I always think these things, plus epimediums and that that are hyped for dry shade, they do prefer moisture. If you can give it to them they'll they'll flourish a lot better.
0: Um, I, there's not much that really does dry shade. Mm. no. I mean, I mean epime- yeah. epimediums do,
4: and they, and they do. Plectranthus do, yeah.
0: but they do look sad. I mean, the thing that is good about them is they will always come back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah do there's, there's a difference between surviving and thriving, isn't there? Isn't yeah. It? yeah, and I think
3: everything with a bit of moisture will thrive a bit better. <sighs> um, so a couple of different things that you can think about for that woodland sort of under-planting is some different polygonatums, and I'm sure Stephen will have some in pots and things on – Um, at the nursery, so if you're going to his garden, um, he does have a fair collection of them. It's one thing that I sort of have got into and gone, you know, there's over 60 species, ham and wagon. I think I'm up to nearly 20, so we're doing okay so far. We possibly should register that with Plant We we probably should, but I might need to talk to Stephen. he might have more than me. (laughs) You can well, both register. He's already yeah. got three registers. He's got enough, context. hasn't he? <laughs> <Exactly>. Morning, Stephen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so a couple of different things that are winter dormant and so flowering late spring into summer when there's perhaps not much else, um, there's some of these woodlanders are a great
0: idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and having, having those um, deciduous trees, like having a look at them now and working out how to use that space... Yeah, because deciduous trees are beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And where your drip lines and things yeah. are
3: mm-hmm. um is a great idea too, because then that's adding normal natural yeah, like moisture they, to you. They are the
2: the gift that keeps giving, aren't they? That they, you know, you have this great tree in summer that gives you the shade. That then drops all its leaves, gives you heaps of mulch. That and then, give, the then gives you sun in winter, yeah. and you know you you do have these opportunities to put these early spring. Flowering bulbs and perennials and things underneath that—that yeah—they're they're magic. It,
0: and are so spectacular for the north and the west of your house mm. to actually give you shade. Yeah. In winter, in summer, and and some in in su- in winter because it's wonderful to get the sun pouring in. Yeah. At this time of year, that's right. But so. this ah oh, the western sun in the middle of winter in the middle of summer is just awful. Yes. Particularly when it's sort of seven o'clock at night and it's still thirty five degrees.
2: And it's and it's low. So it just low. comes yes. in at the right angle to cook oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've got that at our house. Yes.
0: <laughs> right, a deciduous tree out the front.
2: Yeah, at the side, yeah. We yeah.
0: And there are so many. I mean, just your crab apples before you go yeah. any further.
2: That's right. <laughs> I love
0: yeah. crab apples. I think they're a wonderful tree.
2: Malus floribunda is such a such a good doer. Uh, just, uh, it's funny, we, you know, we we have the avenue of the cherry blossoms at, at the denon Ranges Botanic Garden, which are actually a much better... Um, Autumnalis, they're actually a much better autumn colour than they are actually cherry blossom. But the issue is that the blossoms that we do get, or that we should get, a lot of them get eaten by the parrots anyway. So, so whereas the malus... Just flower and flower and flower and flower and, and, you know, as good a cherry, as good a blossom as any, I think they're they're amazing.
0: I do think also that the malice are really quite hardy. Yeah. They, they don't seem to be as vulnerable as the cherries. Yeah. And, I mean, my best one during the drought, which was a lot of years, was the Judas tree, yeah, the Circus, Circus siliquestrum. Yeah. That's Circus, C-E-R-C-I-S. That was definitely, and people buy the other cirsus, which is cirsus canadensis, yeah, yeah. forest pansy. Yeah, yeah. Now, canadensis means Canada. Yeah, they are not hardy. The cirsus siliquestrum comes from Palestine, yeah. and it really is. It, it it was the tree that just did not worry right through the drought. It was yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Um, yeah, beautiful tree. Yes, absolutely beautiful. Like my mallee gums, you know, quite happy. Yeah, quite happy. But um, and I and I love the deciduous nature of those of the malus, the circus that is deciduous, and it's it comes out. It's another one that flowers before the before the leaves come. Yeah. So my my Judas tree gets covered in bright pink, very small flowers. And then the and then the leaves come, which is just gorgeous. It's quite yeah. exciting.
2: Beautiful. <laughs> We've got this great um, deciduous azalea out at the garden at the moment, Macrania Rhododendron macrania which is it's, it's it's exactly that flowering on the bare wood. It's a really a lot of the other deciduous azaleas, the mollusks and everything, are a bit later, but this one's just it just stands out. It's, it's because it is on bare wood. Everything around it is bare, and it but they're they're sort of far enough apart then and it's a purple flower. Far enough, the flowers are far enough apart. They just appear to be floating. They don't actually you don't just actually see the structure or... of the plant at all. They just they just they just floating in midair. And it's I did actually have a pot to bring in, but I forgot it. But it's a it's another beautiful one. And then from that sort of Korea China area, but is yeah,
3: it got purple,
2: purple flowers. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a stunner. And there
0: is of course the rhododendron, which has purple flowers, which is
2: the weed. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's the we. It's a weed here. It's it's a weed. No, it's in not Scotland. overly
2: weedy here. It's certainly not. It's yeah, shocking not in Scotland. Yeah, and absolutely. Wales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Ponticum, Rhododendron mm. ponticum. Yeah. So it's a it's it's a doer, and it was used a, a lot as a rootstock and things like that. So a lot of that's probably what happened over in 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 Europe is that the rootstock takes over and and just keeps going. So so yeah, you don't really see it spreading here, but it is for all its faults, it's actually a, a really a Pretty flower, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's one we don't we don't actively plant,
0: <laughs> but it's one of the interesting things. It's the only one that I know of it does that yeah. is a problem, yep, you know, it's which is pretty good. No, no,
3: I think a, the new for, word is doer, Jenny, yeah, yeah, a, <laughs> it's a doer, <laughs> it's a doer, yeah, yeah, oh, for
2: a <laughs> genus as big as something like <laughs> rhododendrons, <laughs> like it's an incredibly large and complex genus of plants, so so to, yeah, as you say, to have one. That, yeah. that, that is uh, a It's not bad odds, that, is that, it? That's a rogue Then uh, it's, it's pretty good odds, yeah
0: I'm getting lots of texts about Eltham <laughs> I think okay. people are cross with me It is on And it is And you can look it up aps yarra Dot org dot au So that's A-P-S That's Australian Plant Society A-P-S-Yarra-Yarra dot org dot au Because after all it is on oh, next weekend. Next weekend.
2: <laughs> the good yeah. thing about making the mistake the first time around is it's getting it's heavily promoted on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was this your intention, Virginia? <laughs> That's, yeah. A- yeah. That's Tex Moon <laughs> <laughs> and
0: Sorry. Jane Tonkin and I'm Virginia Hayward and I made a mistake about Elf. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can we let her off the hook now? Yes, yes I, I think so. so. Yeah.
0: I think so. This is the 3CR Garden Show, and we are talking plants, which we can't help but do. And that squeaking noise. <laughs> that's... that's
3: Jane squeaking in the corner.
0: Jane uh, producing pots, another yeah, plant. Pots
4: jammed
3: into a polystyrene box, and it's almost that, like, nails down a blackboard yeah, yeah. thing, so I, I apologise, but, um, yeah. Um, okay, I think we were talking about um last weekend as well. Um, they're those sort of the snake's head fritillary, so Fritillaria meleagris is the one that everybody sort of sees on the front of all those great english garden magazines um in drifts with bluebells and galanthus and um the other yummy winter aconite aranthus that just make you drool um and we were sort of i think virginia you were saying that you couldn't Maliagras to flower. I must admit, I haven't.
0: You. I haven't tried the last three or four years, and probably if I'd planted them in the last three or four years, they'd still be there. Yeah. But definitely, they were one of the many plants that I wanted to grow, having lived in Britain for twenty years. Um, that just could not cope with my summer.
3: Yeah, you might be a I'm little a- bit hot there on the top of the hill. Mm. The the thing with Maligrastra is that it it is a bit like Cyclamenius, It like the narcissus we were talking about. It likes to be damper over the summer, whereas a lot of the other um, sort of like imperialis that I've got in front of me from the Himalaya and Pakistan and Afghanistan, where it's dry summer sort of conditions. Um, whereas maligris needs that moisture, uh, and I think that's where people go wrong a little bit. But I think you might be still too warm on the top of the hill there. Mm. Um, you're probably better off trying something like Thunbergi, the little creamy green with the checkering on the inside. We could do a pot and see how it goes. Um, be worth
0: trying, would you? Yeah, because there are quite a lot of fritillaria that come from Turkey. That yeah. sort of yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so they should like me.
3: They they should, yeah. But a lot of them um tend to be quite difficult as well in cultivation. We've just gotta get the tricks of the trade so to speak, and I would prefer you to try any of those big ones from Turkey and that um, in pots (laughs) first.
0: No, but pots end up in death row. But, you see, one of the things I have done in my garden is planted a lot of ixias and those things that are summer dormant. A summer dormant bulb to me is heaven. Yeah, well, because you, I do not have to keep You've got a lot of alive. hot wind
3: yeah. and things yeah. there too that um, can burn these delicate things. You, you are on top of the hill, mm. and um, which it does means get I've hot, got
0: the best view. Yes, it is yeah.
4: a great view, <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: but I cannot yeah. grow. Well, you, and we and, can not all grow everything, anyway. Absolutely. Right. So, and and, yeah. and my rule on planting: the first thing I think about will this cope with the north wind? Yeah. First, yeah. no. Okay, over that side of the house. Yeah. Then I worry about whether it wants sun or shade. But my first question is that northwest wind that comes in in summer. Can this plant cope with that? And time and again, the answer is no.
4: Yeah.
0: So I hike over to the other end of the property to try and find somewhere. You know, because yeah. I am. I'm on top of the hill. I get it.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't often get a southerly. I rarely get. It. If I get an easterly, immediately something falls down. Yeah, I was going to
2: say. Yeah, they're the ones <laughs> yeah. you don't want around our area. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think. It basically, it's about
3: creating your own little microclimates to um, to suit plants as well, or whatever microclimate you've got. You buy the plants to suit yeah. that too. Um, but we always have to have something that we aspire to, like a holy grail of plants and things. And um, a- otherwise, you know, gardening just isn't fun anymore. You've got but to it's have, it's a great
2: yeah. thing to, as you said. Virginia, you know, you say you're looking for things that grow in Turkey and those Mediterranean sort of areas. Looking at the cues of where these things come from is so important. You know, you know, you know.
0: and and it's absolutely the same with Australian plants. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you look where it comes from. Oh, Western Australia. Okay, it won't like my heavy clay. I no. have to alter the soil there. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and it's probably not going to grow in deep shade in with wet feet. It's it's you know, so there's the, yeah, exactly. There's things that. We can't grow up the, up the top. There's a lot of things we can grow up the top of the hill that are, that that everyone's jealous of. But there's a whole lot of there's a whole palette of things we can't grow. So, mm. so or you can occasionally find a little microclimate, as you say, that, mm. that that they will. But it's uh yeah, you really do have to do that. And look into these things. Yeah,
3: research is good. Mm. So the fritillary I've got in the pot in front of me is a very very tiny fritillary imperialis. So the Crown Imperial Fritillaria, it's native, it's got quite a distribution. So through um, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, through to the foothills of the Himalaya. Um, And it's probably the most sought after of all um, fritillarias. So for everybody that's out there, it's the big orange one with the tuft of leaves at the top of its flower. Now, say the one in front of me is a bit tiny because these were my sort of seconds that I didn't sell so I thought I'll put a few in pots They they wouldn't flower and everything so it makes me actually very pleased that the ones that I did sell in the catalogue are probably going to flower for everybody this year which is fabulous because this one's got one tiny little flower on it which is a bit sad but generally you get sort of up to to six of these beautiful big orange like two inch long orange um, flowers L- look kind of like the size of, um, Texas roadie flower actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you look inside the, the inner nectar, has got these beautiful white dots that are, uh, almost look wet and then glistening sort of at you. So it's great that it gets to sort of over a meter tall because it's not far to sort of bend and have so a look, look inside. Look yeah. Um, they do have a, a, foxy scent to them, although we can't smell I And mean, Tex and I didn't smell it in the car on the way because no. he didn't go, um, Do you shower, Jane, or anything you know? <laughs> um, and that 's to keep away mice and voles and other rodents that might attack and eat them, so that 's mother nature 's way of I wonder if it, it works on
0: rabbits mm. it should
3: well i 've never had the rabbits eat them, but i 'm too scared to put them out anywhere in case the deer eat them because they 've got no respect for anything right. yeah. Um, yeah. and it 's taken me over twenty five years <laughs> to get to the stage where now I have a commercial stock to to sell and pass on. Um, it It is one thing that I will say to people to try in a pot first only because basically you're investing about $40 a bulb so you don't want to lose it and there is a bit of a trick to it. Um, the The biggest one being plant your bulbs on the side because that leaves a hole where the old stem was from the year before and that can easily fill with water and then it tends to rot a lot more than... Um, so, on the side and on a better gravel, as I always say too, because it sort of gives it extra drainage away from the um, base of your bulb. Although the roots then need to go down into a rich, yummy, sort of composty leaf mould, sort of a bit of like soil. the
0: Eremurus. A bit like your
3: Eremurus, mm. exactly. See, all these good things yes. need a bit of TLC, yeah. but once you give them TLC, they reward you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the fun thing about gardening too. And you only I've only learnt these tricks through trial and error too, so it's...
0: The yeah. Eremuris, listeners, is the foxtail, foxtail lily. lily, which I have been desperate to grow. And I i was in England recently this year and I went to a show <laughs> and they had hundreds and hundreds of pots. Yes, and do you know what this darling woman did? <laughs> Sent me the email with the photos of... <laughs> Well, I was just green with envy. Yes,
3: they're absolutely fabulous. And basically the one we grow is Himalayacus, so that's the big tall white one. Um, But the other ones that have been in the trade around like romance and Cleopatra and things are all in those sort of pastely um, pinks and yellows and things. So when you've got a clump of them in the garden, they just look amazing. But it's something that's sort of gone out of cultivation for a while, so... (laughs) We've actually got some seed of some different species ones as well. That, Ooh, so eventually, if I get it right.
0: Well, <laughs> they come from Siberia, don't they?
3: Um, a lot come from um, through Israel and Iran and places like that as well. So they're growing in that sort of sh- um, shaly scree, shaley sort yeah, of yeah. stuff up there with the goats and things. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's all about drainage, really, mm-hmm. and food for them. Um, they don't don't mind a lot of the well, smelly ones. Greg mm.
0: Balderston lives up towards he lives in Romsey. Yeah. And the paddock next to him is full of them. Not anymore, but it oh, used okay. to be absolutely full of them. And, what did they do with them all? And,
4: oh.
0: <laughs> and they just grew in yeah, this paddock. Okay. Yeah. They were very happy in that paddock. I haven't they're not happy in my paddocks, but they well, I, I haven't sto- seen my them stock anywhere plants else. Are in
3: a paddock as well, and that's where I get my seed from. And I'm sort of too scared to move them because at the moment they're flowering and happy, and not flowering right now. But they um, flower each year for me and set seed. But seed um, germination the, is very very slow. You can. Get, and the deer leave uh, them alone. The deer leave them alone because I've got a little. I built a little fence around yeah. the patch. Like uh, we're only talking a little patch. Mm. But, um, yeah, and they take a long time to divide. So it looks like it's big starfish, the plant, um, and it takes a long time for that crown to get to divide. So, you know, pretty much it's seed or years of waiting.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, one of our listeners in Preston has a one-metre Camellia japonica, which she wants to move. So wants some advice on transplanting. Sounds to me like one of yours. Ticks. Yeah, look,
2: camellias, japonicas tend to transplant fairly fairly readily, especially that that size. That wouldn't be that well established anyway. So, so the rule of thumb is, you know, take take as much of that root ball as you can. So, so chop chop around. Get a sharp sharp spade if you're chopping through any any of the roots. But I would imagine at that, that size, it's go, it's going to go pretty pretty readily. And you know, a bit of TLC for a while, obviously water it in in the new spot. The other trick is to, you know, mark which way it's facing, so put a mark on it where it's, where it's facing north so you can actually try to put it in a similar aspect to what it's, what it's in once you, once you transplant it. But, yeah, generally we've to transplanted camellias and they're, they're pretty hardy. They come, they come back well. So, so yeah, go for it, I'd say. But if it's and a
0: japonica, it definitely doesn't want too much sun.
2: No. no. And she
0: was wondering if she should add sulphur or potash I don't personally. I don't believe in feeding them when you're transplanting. transplanting.
2: Transplanting? No,
0: I would wait till later.
2: Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush out to put too much on it. I mean, if you really wanted to, that tonicy kind of mixture like a seaweed. sea salt or yeah. something like that. Yeah, go, go for it. Um, that that wouldn't wouldn't hurt. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing too much with it otherwise. Um, yeah, and now's. Well, it's yeah. plenty
3: cool. It's still cool enough. Cool, cool enough um, to do it
2: now, yeah. I, and and it'll, it'll get that flush of growth as as it warms up. So yeah, I would uh, I get out and do it. Good day, maybe today.
0: So that is Tex Moon from the Dandenong Rhododendron Gardens, Dandenong Botanic Gardens,
2: Dandenong Ranges <laughs> Botanic, Botanic Garden. Don't don't you know, we're not in Dandenong. We're up in Alinda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who is giving advice on moving that Camellia japonica? <laughs> But it's in Preston, so it's going to be warmer there. And yeah, definitely need some shade.
2: Shade and some TLC through that first summer, I would say. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Have you got more in your noisy basket? More in my noisy basket. Okay. Hang on one second. Um, and <laughs> roll
3: away and roll back again. Oh Okay, dear. we might just have to make some room. Sorry, Ginny, do a song or something while I'm making room.
0: <laughs> I do love this next okay. plant.
3: We have Tropiolum.
0: Tricolor,
3: which is a climbing nasturtium basically, yep. so nasturtium family. Um, now I don't know whether if Stephen's listening, does he still have the one that grows along the, the fence? Years ago, I, he, he, I probably fell in love with this, um, when I was a teenager when uh, I saw it for the first time, and then I saw it again at Stephen's nursery a few years ago. Where you walk in, and the, the fence on the right hand side was just covered in this.
0: And I think he has it planted underneath a hedge.
3: Yeah, so which that keeps it very it dry. Keeps the tubers a bit drier and more sheltered, and things. They the the tuber actually looks like a a small sweet potato, like yep. the purple sweet potato. <sighs>
4: um,
3: and so it's native to Chile. So it comes from up in the Andes, where it grows mm-hmm. up through. Um, trees and things so it's it definitely a climber and needs something to climb on my poor little darling has outgrown its trellis at the moment mm. and is reaching for something else so it needs definitely needs something to climb on otherwise it just falls all over the ground it's and looks Currently silly.
2: reaching for the mic stand. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well for we here long enough yeah, yeah. it might grab on. Yeah. Um, so they they basically flower from now all the way through to November. Well, this species does. There's a few others um in the genus that are available in cultivation as well. So this is tricolor. So this is the, the famous one with the red and um purple and yellow like little pixie hats yeah. basically. And the and the foliage is this um oh, it's a bit like a maiden hairy type delicate looking um foliage but beautiful thing for afternoon shade morning sun Um, most of the time I suggest to people they just put it in a beautiful big terracotta pot and give it something to climb on because it's in flower for that length of time I I think it's well worth um, having it on display Uh, they're they're one of the things that while they're dormant over the summer there's a sort of limited window of opportunity of buying before the tubers start to grow themselves in the shed in a box or um so generally from January to sort of the end of February basically before they need to be in and um they'll do their stuff underground for a while and then towards the end of winter up come these beautiful little tendrils that you might have to watch with early frost um we've got to minus three at the farm this year and I thought oh um but no the climbing dicentra copped it a bit more than um the tropiolums but any colder than that i can't guarantee but definitely afternoon shade because the foliage is quite delicate and things and
0: they need to be well dry when they're dormant over the oh.
3: summer yes um if you can leave the pot once it goes dormant you can clean all the old foliage off and you just have you have to move your pot somewhere cool and dry and bring it out about the end of february early march and give it a drink um well, actually, autumn rains have been enough lately, mm. haven't yeah. they? So, um, but, yeah, there's some other ones. Pen- Pentaphyllum um, has a five-lobed leaf and its little pixie hats are sort of pink and green rather than the red of this one. Um, there is Brachyceris, which is a yellow one, which is golden. It's like wattle yellow. It's beautiful.
0: That's the one I think they grow in Scotland. There's one they have in a lot of in Scotland. Yeah, it's
3: bright yellow. Mm. Um yeah. And there's azurium, which is a blue. Um, I've got one seedling of that up. I know it's out there. I know people that have got it, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to having that myself. That sounds wonderful. It is,
2: it is beautiful. And yeah. a, a pixie hats is such a good description for the, little, for the yeah. flowers there. Yeah, yeah now, and that colour combination is amazing.
0: We have a caller, Ooh. Oh Simon, in St Kilda, wanting to ask us a pomegranate question. Good morning, Simon.
1: Hi, how are you? Uh, so we moved into a property we rent in January, and we have this beautiful pomegranate tree. We actually have two, and it gave some fruit. It's huge, <laughs> but it didn't give much. And I just wanted to know what I could do now to get it going.
0: Wanting more, fr- was the fruit edible?
1: Yeah. Well, I sort of I waited till it was like. I could like it. Actually, was too, I picked some of them earlier, and those ones were really good. The ones that I left, they just shri- shrivelled up. which is silly. So I now, now learned that I must just pick them and let them ripen inside. But yeah, they were definitely really good. Yeah.
0: My pomegranates are horrible. Mm. It's oh. a beautiful tree, and yeah, I keep are. it, but, they, but it, the fruit doesn't taste. Fruit it. is not nice. Well, it's wonderful if you've got a good tasting one. It seems to me, then you need to. Feed it all your banana skins.
1: Really? That's all. No, because I don't want to spend money. Because we rent, I, I've learned my lesson as well. That you know, I don't want to put money into it, but I want to do as much as I can with what I have.
3: I think they need a long, hot summer um, right. as well, which we mm-hmm. it wasn't really a hot summer last yeah, year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, I was going to say that
2: the seasonal kind of thing yeah. could be
3: be right. part of it. So I yeah I think it, it is more seasonal than what you can actually do to it someone. So right. right. But I and think, so uh, when the
1: banana skins
0: what do I do? Just Um you can you can either soak just put them in a bucket with a lid and mm. use mm. that to water them or you can just you know scratch the surface and bury them around it. I mean that's mm-hmm. a very cheap way of giving it the right sort of food. That's banana skin feeds for flowers and fruit.
2: Yeah, so that and that's the potassium. That so so, you know, and a a trip to to a hardware or or nursery or something, Mm. something like that. You know, you could look at a specific fruiting um, fertilizer to put on there as well, an organic one. That won't cost too much. No, we're not talking huge amounts of money. And I don't need to
1: cut it back or do anything like that. I don't think so. No. no,
2: because
0: uh, I couldn't actually reach. Because it's uh. got. <laughs> well, well, no. Yeah. Well, no. which means then you've got a very beautiful shape with it too. You know, you've yeah. got a lovely yeah. big tree. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. other thing that happens to my pomegranates is I've got certain parrots that adore it. Yep. Right. They get a lot more pleasure out of it than me. Yeah. But I, then I get huge pleasure out of them having the parrots having absolutely the pomegranates. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. But you are probably right, safe I'll from try that, in the St. Kilda.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah well we have the possums though, and I put netting on a few, but as i said i I could pick I could pick the one, uh, quite a few, so I was quite happy, but um it great. didn't I, if I got ten, I was lucky, you know, so I thought i surely I could get more than that
4: you know well,
0: best of luck Simon. okay and, great and Thanks. let us know later in the year how you go
1: oh amazing, thank you so much bye, bye. thank you well, that sounds
0: very. Interesting. Let's hope that that works. Because yeah. that is I mean when you're renting you don't want to be spending a fortune on the garden because they can make you leave very
2: soon yeah. time. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: So great fruit for a lot of cooking and things. That is a great
2: fruit, but they yeah. and they're beautiful trees too and we we had an ornamental one and I can't remember the species, but it was a beautiful flower. Little, yes. And, um I love yeah. the flower. Yeah.
0: Mm. I think they're beautiful. I've got Five or six in the garden mm. because I just think they're a beautiful plant.
2: Yeah, they are.
0: They're worth having. Whereas the persimmon, which is the most beautiful fruit, which unfortunately my very large dog has discovered,
4: <laughs>
0: and Luna can reach up very high in the persimmon tree <laughs> and adores them.
2: It's quite funny, isn't it? A I, I, have dog heard, would eat a I have heard this yeah. story before mm. from you, Virginia, and I, I, I just know. love yeah. the fact that you've got this, as you say, humongous. Dog, dog that, that loves its persimmons That's, uh, yes
0: She would be very happy as a vegetarian Yeah If I'm unpacking carrots, she's knocking me I want a carrot, I want a carrot <laughs> And this year I'm going to try and put something around the persimmon So she can't get to it Well, you could just feed her one or two
2: Yeah, right? then you just have sad eyes can't looking let at you her go all the cold time
0: cold
4: turkey <laughs> <laughs> she, the,
0: the trouble is that she's so This dog is a mastiff, bull mastiff And she weighs 53 kilos and she, luckily, she's too heavy. I mean, she's not overweight but just a very heavy breed Mm. so she can't jump up very much, which is a great relief because if she could jump up, she'd be as tall as me,
4: Mm.
0: and which means she has got absolute access to all the lower fruit on the persimmon. (laughs) The parrots have got access to all the top (laughs) fruit on the persimmon and I rush around trying to get a few in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but it's not a beautiful tree. I've only got the one. I not I mean, it's a nice tree, and yeah. it, it does look. If you ha, if you see them sometimes in the suburbs, you'll see a persimmon with no leaves on it, and all and, the fruit. The, and, the, and fruit the fruit on it. Yeah. And that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But the, at my place, the fruit doesn't get to stay that long, yeah. <laughs> so that's just. Not an issue. Is it the longer
3: you leave it, the better the fruit is? Is that it depends
0: whether you have the astringent or the mushy yeah. one. Okay. Mine's the astringent, mm. so I I mean when I eat it, it's like eating a hard Sorry. peach.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's
0: beautiful, but the mushy ones you have to wait till they're soft.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah no, there there are people in my house that are big fans of persimmons, but I'm not one of them. <laughs> as a, as a fruit, as yeah. a tree, they're beautiful. But, yeah. yeah,
3: I'm not
0: Neither fan. of you like eating no. them. Oh, I think they're beautiful. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I, I, when At least I... you don't have to compete with us. <laughs> yes. She's no. just a dog.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you two can come around any time. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't lock Luna up for weeks on end. No. No, you can't.
3: No, that's, that's a no. bit me. No, I think it's a, an acquired taste. A bit like grapefruit. I'm not a grapefruit
0: fan either. I yeah, so. have two grapefruit trees. They've both gone. Mm. I do like grapefruit, but I'm on... Um, Blood drugs, and I'm not allowed to that's take it. grapefruit. No so to eat. No. I mean, I take the drugs, I eat grapefruit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not allowed to eat grapefruit. <laughs> no. So that's a bit sad. So I chop them down. They're a beautiful tree too, though, the grapefruit tree. Yes, mm. but I do have rather an excess of citrus. You do have you a do, lot of citrus, So, yeah. okay. so I've been chopping yep. down citrus. I've taken out four lemon trees. The lime I've taken out because the others don't get the... Um, What's the thing that
2: You're gets gore
3: the
0: gall
2: wasp? The gall wasp. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The others don't get the gall wasp, but the lime got it really, really badly. Bad. Okay. So it's, yeah, right. it's gone to God. Okay. I can't be bothered with that.
2: No, it's a tough one to do anything about.
0: So I'm back to only having eleven lemon trees. <laughs>
2: eleven. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of lemons. I think it's
4: enough.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, and if fruit fly becomes a real mm-hmm. problem in the valley, it's going to be a big issue for me. Yeah. Mm. We will have Bronwyn Cole on later in okay. the year to talk about fruit fly because fruit fly is now a real problem for us. As is, of course, the threat to uh, a to the bees.
2: Yeah, that's a real worry, isn't it? Yes.
0: Well, there's absolutely no moving of hives around. Because of this, Mm. and um, and we will be having a bee person in as well. Yeah. Okay. That would be really interesting. Very important issues for for even domestic growers like me. Not that eleven lemon trees is terribly domestic, but Mm. but you know we do need to get on top of some of these issues. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if, if anyone would like to ring us, 9419 or if you want to send us a text, 0488 809 or you can send a message to us for next week at gardening at 3cr.org.au. So that's 3CR Garden Show, 9419 and also if there's somebody out there who could possibly give one of our regular listeners a lift to Stephen's Garden next weekend, do ring in and uh tell our producer and she will put you in contact. Thank you very much. Ooh, that <laughs> does look nice.
2: Um yeah, it's I'm sure it's one that's made an appearance on the show before and and it is and is around, but it's uh Again, another one of these ones that we've talked about that does flower on, on bare at this time of the year, um, Edgeworthia chrysantha. Um, again, sticking to that sort of uh, uh, Myanmar, China kind of region for where it grows uh, naturally. But this one's actually a cultivar called Red Dragon. Now, Edgeworthia is in the same family as Daphne and has similar little clusters of flowers as Daphne. This one, so the Edgeworthia chrysantha generally is is. Yellow flowering. This one is much more orange to red, uh, hence and the And can red...
0: we just spell that? E D G Worthier.
2: Worthier. E D G E. I think Worthier. Worthier. Yes, yes. Thanks for that one, Jin. It's I was, was so going to pe- have to write it down. <laughs> uh,
0: no, <laughs> so people can look it up if they wish, and we it, will put um yeah. some photos on our Facebook page.
2: Yeah. So it's a. Like, it really is a an interesting and pretty little shrub. Um, you know i think it's fairly hardy i mean it grows really well up where we are in the Dandenongs, but but in a protected spot in the suburbs i'm sure it would grow and yeah. one of the big things with it is the incredible perfume similar to daphne's it, it's 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 all about the perfume and the uh, and the fact that it's flowering uh late winter early spring i think you can actually get some of the Smell, perfume for yeah. the we can do that great radio segment thing of wow. uh, of yeah. uh, sniffing flowers <laughs> in <laughs> the in the studio <laughs> but yeah it, it just another it's been a bit of a theme hasn't it the, the 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 barewood flowering yeah. at this time of year really is a, is a is a great characteristic well, to have in your garden
3: and i think there's a lot of it is underutilized mm. I, I think we need to sort of tell people about them because they are these fabulous shrubs and trees that you can add that winter colour
2: yeah yep
3: and i'm just trying to think of it. it's it's almost hyacinth smell. Mm. um
0: Jane sniffing away
3: sniffing here. has G- mm. hy yeah. smell to me yeah um but yeah and the one that we've got is red dragon and it, it is beautiful I think i prefer it to the yellow yep um mostly because um, there's not a lot of yellows that I love mm. um, but this i is find just yellow bright.
0: this year this time it of glows, year
3: is wonderful yeah. mm. yes. but so do, so does this yes like it, absolutely um, yeah, it's and just it's that little bit
2: more of a contrast than the yellow isn't it the yellow yeah. can be a little bit it's not duller, but it fades, fades yeah. away a bit more. But the orange is quite striking. So this,
0: this is another one of those winter blooms that comes before the leaves. It's edgeworthier. The first one we talked about this morning, somebody's asked, how do we spell that? That was the Stachyurus, oh, yeah. which is S-T-A-C-H-U-R-U-S, Stachyurus praecox. And, of course, the winter sweet is the Chimananthus praecox. So those, are the, so the Edgeworthia, the Stachyurus, and the chimenanthus are all ones that flower now, and have got smell, mm. otherwise known as scent. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know Stephen's very fond of the Edgeworthia.
2: Yeah, yep, and I'm sure he stocks it as to places like Emina. Um, yeah, it's it's it really is as you say probably underutilized in the garden. You know, we all know Daphne. Um, this is a very close, close relative of Daphne. And, and and I think easier to grow than Daphne's. Yeah. Um, so. I've
0: got Daphne's all over the place. They're wonderful. You've just got to remember that they're not long-lived. Yeah. Mm. And when they go, replace them. Yep. yep, Or prop them on Christmas Day. Yep. <laughs> that's what they say. I've never successfully done no. so. But that's what they say. That's when you should prop a Daphne on Christmas Day.
3: And I think Craig from Gentiana Absolutely. talks about yeah. um, he's got – a few Daphne's up there and there's one, is it something princess,
0: purple princess or pastel? There's a, a, a wonderful cross, mm. Daphne cross, which yeah. is still um, limited in its distribution because it's BGA'd mm. and it, it, has, it is a bigger plant but still, you know, mid-thigh and it has a bigger flower and a bigger leaf. It's, it's the ordinary Daphne that we see. Odora. Odora, crossed cross with, with Balloua. Well.
2: Crosswood blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. And that's... it's
0: called princess, I something. think. Prince, yep. Scented princess, something like that. I've It's fabulous. Craig, if you're listening, text me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It is absolutely fabulous. It's a fabulous yeah. plant. Yeah. Nancy from Mount Waverley has got a 30-year-old white laculia, three metres by three metres, and it isn't flowering. There are two laculias, one flowers in summer and one flowers in winter. So... Nancy, you might have the second one, or and also the Luculia that I regularly look at is only just in bud.
2: Whereas our yeah, the grit, grit, gritissima, 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 gritissima which is, that's the winter flowering one, which which is pretty much finished. That's the big pink, beautiful one that that um has finished up in the gardens now. So yeah, there has, is be, yeah, it's always hard with these ones where you don't have the extra information, but has it flowered previously and really well and, and and what and yep. or is it
0: but definitely there is a summer flowering yep. one so you just might have the summer flowering one and we also have max from thornbury on the line hello max
5: oh hello um, thanks for taking my call um on um, raising some vegetable seedlings mostly tomatoes so far and um from seed um, and I put them in a um, seed raising mix and they're now big enough to um, pot up um, before they get put into the ground um, I'm just wondering what the best medium is to um, transfer them into From um, do I just get some more seed raising mix and put that into containers or yeah, is it a general potting mix that would be I, uh, fine as well?
0: I must admit, I put mine into a general potting, potting mix yeah. at the next stage. I, I don't stage. think you need
3: to go to the expense of the – because often the seed-raising mixes and the composty mm. ones are um, more expensive. I think most tomato seedlings, once they're at the stage where you're transplanting them into a bigger pot, will be fine in a just a regular potting mix that you can get.
0: And then when you do plant them in the garden, plant them deeper than you have them in the pot mm-hmm. because that helps with tomatoes.
4: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There's not many plants. Clematis mm-hmm. is another one. Always plant that deeper than you get it in the pot. Mm-hmm. But tomatoes oh, are one of the ones right. that are quite good to plant deeper. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm doing... But it is it support. is too
0: early yeah. to put them in the ground, me thinks. Oh, yes.
5: Yeah. yeah. But I would just yeah.
0: yeah get a regular potting mix
5: now. Right. And well done. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, thanks very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
0: Bye. Yes, very well done.
2: Mm.
0: He'll have Christmas tomatoes. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. It's very organised. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, well, one needs to be organised with vegetables. Absolutely. Um, on one level, they're very easy to grow. On another level, they're very hard to grow. And they're not hard to grow, but you have to be very... Ordered and regular.
3: At least with all these fairs and things that are coming up, there will be the the veggie suppliers too, so you can go and buy your punnet. Yeah. Other, um. If you haven't had time to raise them yourself, but I, I don't I don't have enough time in the day to do what I'm doing, let alone raise some veggie seedlings. So I take yeah. my hat off to people
2: that Oh, absolutely, that do. and and it is um, one of those things that can be time consuming. But but you talk to. You know, I'm a bit the same. I have over the years done a lot of veggie gardening, and at the moment I'm not because you know we've only been in our house twelve months, and I'm very much focused on uh, on uh, getting the garden done before I actually look at all of that. But it it is a it is one of those things you you get right into it and you love it while you're doing it. But uh, it does take some, as you say, Gin, being being organised and meticulous.
0: Yes, yes, you have to be. An ordered person, yeah. Which unfortunately I'm not, and I'm not either.
3: <laughs> Looks like Kirill's growing our vegetables. In, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> so you are going to be growing vegetables.
2: I'm not this year. No, no. I'll, I'm. I'm eventually, with, eventually, got, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 get to something. But uh, but maybe some herbs. I think we'll we'll go we'll go the path of least resistance.
3: <laughs> well, you both love cooking, don't you? Yeah, you, you and yeah. Sam. So herbs would be a great start because yeah. there's nothing better than using your own. Herbs in curries and things like that. I think um, that's satisfying. I, I I've had herb gardens before. But yeah, I, but they're they're a bit on death row in my
2: house. Too. Good- <laughs> the-
0: well, I've got I've got herbs all through the garden.
3: I
2: yeah. just just put them. them all over the yeah. place. I've
0: got thyme all over the place. I've got rosemary everywhere where yep. it's too hard to grow anything. In yep. goes the rosemary. Um, yeah. salvias, of course, because why wouldn't you grow the ordinary salvia? Yeah, I have had parsley growing endlessly and coriander growing endlessly and suddenly the rabbits or the rats or somebody has discovered it's the parsley. Mm. Oh. So mm. that's a bit sad. And one of my garden beds I've just put over completely to rhubarb.
3: Yep. I was going to say at least your rabbit might already be marinated.
4: <laughs> <laughs> parsley? Oh, yeah. I, I,
0: you can't live without parsley in your garden. You must mm. have parsley. And I love coriander, but... The thing I've learnt with coriander is grow it from seed. Do not buy seedlings. Yep. No, because they just bolt they too bolt. much. Yeah, uh, yeah. I find, and then As, soon as, the, as yeah. soon as the roots are interfered with, they bolt.
3: Mm.
0: Whereas it's really easy to grow it from seed. And once you've grown it once from seed, you can just collect the seed yourself. And the other thing too, which is important to know about coriander, is green seed is delicious. Yeah, oh, to scatter green seed in the top in your curry, just yeah, yeah. before you you, know, it's delicious.
2: It's a great herb, and I know that there's people out there. Yeah, the it's, joy- a, it's a divisive yeah, one, yeah. Cor- coriander, but we I'm we on love the love it. coriander. Yeah, I'm, um, we put it yeah. in everything. Yeah, <laughs> and a good thing about leafy like herbs and leafy veggies is that there's other than bolting, which they do do, but there's there's no trick. You don't, you know, you're not waiting for something to fruit. You can basically yes, start using it. Straight, from the away, moment, straight yeah. away, from the moment yeah. it starts
0: growing. Well, so. I've, I've, spinach, lettuce, mm. and parsley are now all growing in pots, and I hate pots because mm-hmm. pots and I, aren't organised enough. Well, the pots are, I suppose. I'm not, but I'm growing them in pots because yeah. I cannot keep the rats out of my herb garden, yeah. and I have tried. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it, so I've just moved them, so they're right in front of the house. If Luna hears anything going along there of a the night time, she goes berserk and they all rush off Yeah. because she does have a very big bark. Yeah, yeah. It goes with the very big body.
4: <laughs>
2: but it's persimmons. <laughs> <laughs> it's pers- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- so I'm
0: hoping that I can now grow my – I haven't planted any coriander yet, but I'll plant it soon. And the other thing with coriander, in summer I plant it in the shade. In yep. winter I plant it in the sun. In summer I plant it in the shade. Because obviously, it, it it'll it's a it's fine. You know, it'll burn if it gets too much
2: heat. My wife will be listening very intently to this, Virginia, because we have <laughs> no luck with growing coriander. It always bolts, and we never so. We'll. Uh, but I
0: bet you don't grow it from seed.
2: No, we do, but we just turn our back on it too long.
0: Yes, it's and the, there, you... well, and also if you remember that the well, one the green seed is mm. delicious. Two, the dried seed is essential. Grounded, yeah. So you just. Don't worry if it bolts. Yeah, Say, yeah, "Oh, great! Right. We've got seed. Yeah, let's start yeah. again." Yeah. I mean, I think it's the way to treat coriander.
4: Mm.
3: You know, just go for it. We should just spread some seed around the garden and see where the Sam notices.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because it is; it's a great herb, and nice. I eat a lot of curries. Yeah. yeah. So my, my, I just mm. cook curry all the time.
2: Well, we did eat a lot of curries. Then we had children, and they're a bit more picky.
0: Well <laughs> <laughs> so my! Ch- my child, who's thirty. Is allergic to garlic. So I now make curry without garlic.
3: Oh, you're a good mum.
0: Aren't I? Only when she's there.
3: Yeah. If she's not there. Back oh, in with the, the garlic. The pork. Yeah. Th- I feel very sorry yeah. for her. Well. And there is a few people that are. Mm. Um, and I sort of, the garlic's one of my go-to things. Oh, it's so good for and you. Yeah.
0: And she went, there's a, she lives in Fitzroy and there's a little pie place popped up at the end um end of Napier Street or is it George, just near Johnson Street. They're only there at weekends. They and they're really well known. They've got great pies. So I bought some pies and brought them back and she said, Oh that looks great, mum and so she went down to buy some more pies and asked them, uh, do you have it? and pointing at the curry pie, oh has that got garlic in it? Oh, they've all got garlic in it. Mm. There wasn't a single pie that she could have that well, didn't have, have garlic.
2: Yeah. So that yeah, was the that's end of tragic. that. So if you just tuned in, we're, you're listening to the uh, Cooking and Gardening show on 3CR. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> The any
2: coriander re- show. <laughs>
3: any recipe ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thai green curry we love. Um,
0: yeah. Lewis <clears throat> from Mitcham is ringing us about clivias or cliviers. Good morning, Lewis. Oh, I don't think... I did press the button. Let's... Hello? No, we'll try that again. Maybe we were talking too much about coriander. And... I seem not to have you, Lewis. Maybe you could ring us back because we would love to talk to you about Clivia's. I don't know but where she's disappeared okay. to. That's unfortunate. Now, have you got anything else
3: over there, Tex, or are we... No, no, I think I'm done with
2: yeah, yeah. my with okay. my, uh, plants. Yep.
3: Um, I think, you know, this time of the year it's pretty, it, cutting back our perennials and things, um, well, the, the ones that go sort of dormant over the winter like um, epimediums, you can cut them right back and see all the beautiful new growth come through. Um, and top dressing your garden with any sort of your favourite fertilisers. Um, mm-hmm. Craig, Gentiana and I both love the Organic Plus, yep. um, smelly one, that that seems to be great. And the little trick is you take your secateurs or scissors, actually the you know, like the big dressmaking, scissors work really well on epimedium leaves whereas secateurs can get a bit yes. stuck.
0: Yes, because they're um, not quite sharp in that same yeah, way.
3: so scissors can be your friend in the garden too. Um, take your bucket of fertiliser with you. So when you're cutting back and just top dress as you go um, and then sort of gives the back a bit of a break too. And we don't forget to top dress then. I think it's important to sort of clean everything up at the end of winter so you can see all this beautiful new spring growth coming. Yes, Mm. yes,
0: you need to be able to see it through. We have a couple of texts. Good morning, team. Love the show. I have a hibiscus shrub that's about a metre tall and a few years old and it it still has very small flowers on it but is a bit leggy because it is in part shade. So it's protected from the afternoon sun. Should I move it into a full sunspot? And if I do, when and how should I do that? That's Peter from Altona. Now, of course, most of your hibiscus come from pretty hot spots, yeah. don't they? Yeah. So I would tend to think that they do like sun. Um, I've got – it does depend where they come from. Yeah, a it's,
2: yeah again, it's a, just not – a whole lot of information because there is yeah, very much the tropical ones, um, but
0: see, I've got I've got a number right at the top in my hot northwest corner. Yep. But they're the small leafed ones that tend to come from Iran, Iraq, those sort of areas. Yep. Whereas, isn't hibiscus one of the, the national flower of um, Hawaii? And I, I think some of those tropical ones, as against. Uh, drier climate ones probably need more protection. Yeah. And then, of course, some of the native hibiscus, I have got one which is absolutely stunningly beautiful, but I've got another one which gets knocked by the frost every year. So I think your hibiscus vary quite a lot.
2: But it does sound like if it's leggy... Small growth and flowers. It sounds like it probably is just a little too much shade for it, but I'd be hesitant to put it right out without knowing what it is right out in the hottest spot in your garden as well. I think, you know.
0: I think you could probably go for a hot spot but not hot wind. I think that would be what I would try. Yeah. And if it's only a metre, I think you should be able to move it fairly well.
2: I would have thought so, yeah.
0: But I think I'd wait till it was a little bit warmer because it's a hibiscus. I mean, most things should say move now or
3: move mm. earlier. Probably September and of September. I'd mm. give it another month. Yes, because so Mitchum can Mitchum here. can yeah. get
0: cold. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Just let that soil warm up a little bit more. Yep. So it's
0: no, he's Altona. No, he'd be yeah. all right moving it now. No. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. It was Lois That's from who I, who we didn't talk to, who's from Mitcham. Yep. No, that was Peter from Altona. Yes, you probably would be all right now, Peter, or in in the next few weeks. I think you would be okay on that. Yeah. Now we have a citrus one. On citrus, I read, the best time to pick mandarins is when they get the first orange flush, not leaving them to ripen on the bush. Is this true? What's the best lemon tree to grow for a slice of lemon in my tea? Thanks, team. Paul. Lisbon for the lemon. Lisbon for the lemon. I like lemonade, but some of my friends have got lemonade lemons and they think they're horrible because they're not lemony enough. The lemonade lemon is a little bit sweeter. I think they're divine. But, yes, Lisbon
3: is... And I suppose it depends on, yeah, whether you want that sort of tang in... Yeah. uh, Like the Lisbons have a great sort of proper lemony... Zing to them, I think, and it seems to be one of the ones that does quite well. Well, it certainly does in the hills as well. So, um, and as
2: far as that, the mandarins,
0: yeah. I've I, no idea. I tend mm. to
2: leave things if on you, to if it, them. on till you want to eat them. Uh, that's uh, you know, it's a difference. Otherwise, you're storing them till they they are. I mean, if you, yeah, uh, if if I've got a tree of something in my yard, I tend to just, yeah, pick it when it's ready to go, and then you're getting the freshest. Eating it straight away anyway, so I suppose
3: the only thing is if the possums are nicking them and you want it to you yeah. know I'm I'm sure that they would ripen if there's a flush of orange on mm. them. But yeah I'm nowhere near an expert on citrus at all. So
0: <laughs> So I'm sorry on the on the lemon question there, Paul. Um, but I think probably the Lisbon is the best to grow. But of course the other question is is size, because you don't necessarily do you want a big one, do you want a small one? Um, then the next question, 10 years ago, I bought a Chitalpa cross Tashkentis from Yemina. Do either of us know
2: this? I don't know.
0: I think we might have to wait on this one. Is it? How do we st- it's Chitalpa, C-H-I-T-A-L-P-A.
2: Tashkintas
0: tashkentis from your minor
3: tashkent and
0: yeah yeah it's still only 1.5 meters it's very sparse i would suggest it really has
3: flowers probably very slow growing mm. um and
2: and also i think to say they got it from your minor, your minor um could be a good one to, if there's specific questions, it's always good to go back to the nursery and ask ask them as well. Um, But if it's just that, as you say, it's slow, then that's possibly just the way it is.
0: Yes, I'm afraid this is very much a Stephen question. Mm. He will, I think he might be on next week. Ah, here we are, Chitalpus tashkentensis. Mm. Oh, it's a lovely flower. Mm. But I'm sure if you rang... Peter, teased yeah. at Yamina
3: that he might be able to help out. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, it's from North America. Um, so I would suggest that uh, where – where is this gentleman?
0: It, uh, he doesn't say because it is something that comes from the desert.
3: Yeah, whether he's got too much shade or something is yeah. what I'm yeah. thinking, yeah. being sort of North American. But um, it, it would help if we knew where he – was and it would help if Stephen was here.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, so I think you might have to bring this question in again, um, or I I do think Texas suggestion of actually going back to your miner is a very good idea. It does depend a bit whereabouts you are, because it is a warm weather mm. plant. Big, I think mm. it's big and they are nearly all warm weather plants. Mm. So that would be um, my. Suggestion. Suggestion: Ring Peter or speak to Stephen next time he's in. Which might be quite soon, I think. It won't be next weekend because he's got his open garden. Yes. <laughs> you could always go and pin him down at
4: his yeah. open well, garden. this is true. Of t- yes. <laughs> we're
3: well, sorry, Stephen. We're creating work for you. But... <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, and while we're at it, his nursery will be open next weekend. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But he won't be there. No. He won't be at the nursery, no. but it will be open. Now, we've, mm. we can probably take one more call if Lewis wants to ring. Uh, she wanted to talk about Clivias, except they should be called Clivias because mm. they do come from Mrs Clive of India.
4: Mm.
0: But I'm just in the habit of calling them Clivias. Yeah. 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 There is such a wide variety of them now. Yeah, they're there quite is. they're quite exciting. So depending
3: on what she was mm. wanting to know, I suppose if she's wanting to shift them um, now, would be okay, especially on the orange miniata or yeah, um, she could shift those now. It's it's a task um, once those big long fleshy roots are in, um, but
0: ah, Lewis has come back and she's okay. on line eight. So let's here we go see if we can grab lois lois oh no well that certainly didn't work <laughs> lois i will try you lois are you there
5: yes and i'm sorry virginia but i do prefer clivia as the name <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fine by teacher. me. Well, no, clear cliv- like. as it is, how can yeah. we help you? Right. Okay. We've lived in our house for mm, 55 years, and there was a, a lovely old career here um, when we came, and since then we've uh, bought more and whatnot. But um, we were cleaning up the gardens uh, a couple of months ago, and we pulled off, or I did, but my husband did, pull off about three bulbs all together, and um, instead of planting them, you dump them in a bucket of water, and they stay there. But roots have developed. But the leaves are exceedingly long, and seeing as I'm old, I'll say 18 inches, maybe. Yep. Now, the plant itself, the three bulbs together, look healthy. And we've pulled them apart to cross them. I'm wondering whether or not I can cut these leaves off, and more short ones will develop and maybe flower. Um, it is the old, more tubular bell one. I'm just trying to remember the exact name of it. With the
3: hanging bells?
5: Yes, more yep. of, you know, rather than the big open flower. Yep. Um, so it's very, very hard in it's underneath a fairly large lily pilly tree, and oh, I suppose it's a metre and a half at least, one way and the other. Really. Excellent. So, when um, when
3: your husband um pulled the the plants off, it, it took most of the basal plate or left most of the basal plate behind.
5: Well, I I don't really know. Um, as I said, the bulbs themselves were stuck in. Um, a bucket that
3: we try yep. and catch rainwater, water in.
5: And they've and, um, they put out
3: some new roots. Roots are, roots
5: are there, um, but these leaves are very long. Yep. I would I definitely cut, cut, the,
3: cut the leaves back to at least sort of six inches, if not a bit yes, shorter. That was what I um, And new foliage will grow in time, uh, and that way it'll take stress off the new roots that have created in the bucket yes. Um, yes. and well, just give, pop it I mean, straight um, back in.
5: I'd like to give the bulbs in a pot to somebody because, as I said, we've got quite a... Okay.
3: Well, that's a lovely uh, idea. So you, yeah, you could yeah. pot them all up individually Um and maybe give it a little bit of sea salt and a tiny bit of one of the power feedy type ones just to yeah. settle them into the pot, just because yeah. they've got those new roots. Just that's be careful fire. that you don't damage the new roots, because a lot of times on um, clivias the, even yeah. though they're pretty tough old things, the new roots can be quite delicate,
4: so just yeah. go easy. That's quite, all. quite little.
5: Yeah. Alright, well thanks for that, but can I ask you something else? Yep. Yeah. I know it's getting late. Now, with The peculiar weather we've been having. Mm. About six months ago, I suppose it must have been, we had really, really hot winds coming through our garden. And where we'd had Pirates and Gardenia and actually a cinnamon cindy rose, the wind burnt them so badly that the leaves all fell off and Cindy, and she hasn't survived as far as I know. Um, the gardenia and the seeress, one of the seeresses uh, um, seems to be having a few flowers, flowers develop, but not a lot of leaf. And the gardenias are still yellow, and they're in a pot anyway. So we feel we, we have to repot it in this old tree. Um, when I say old, probably maybe 12 years. I'm not sure, but um main thing that I'm concerned about probably is the period, because I have got a couple of other gardenias, but there again the leaves are yellowing, and I don't know whether it's our soil here or the potting mix and what I can do to help them recover.
3: Um, because we're running out of time, honey, would you be able to take a photo of both of those, the Pieris and your Gardenia? Yes, and yes. can you possibly email me at sales at tonkins, T O N K I N S Bulbs dot com dot AU Cause I've got some ideas of how to save your Pieris. And I think your gardenia might be a little bit wet, but we'll go with that And I think
0: I... also the gardenia, the gardenia right. could be cold
4: at this yeah. time. So if you can
0: send well, me a couple that, of photos. That, that's
5: right, because that wind really came across and the
0: trees... Are Lois, I'm are going bulbs. to have to stop you, darling, because no, we, that's fine. we have Tompkins to go bulbs, to the next show. Right.
3: Tompkins, sales at tonkinsbulbs.com.au. right. Thanks, Thank Tom. Bye.
2: Thanks. Bye.
0: And goodbye to all our listeners as well as we have had an excellent show. Next week, Chloe will be with you. So I hope you will all be listening then.